0: Home Alone, one of the greatest movies of all time. It debuted in 1990, which was a monumental year for me. It was the year I graduated from high school. Anybody 1990 out there? We survived high school in the greatest decade ever, the 80s, complete with big hair and shoulder pads. Did you have a mullet? Yes or no? No? Shame on you. Um, Anyways... I can... That movie's attached to memories for me. Anybody else, like, remember where you were the first time? First time I ever saw it, I was with my grandfather, Papa Don, we called him. He was a brilliant engineer, but the most stoic man you ever met in your life. He hardly ever spoke, and he never laughed. And so I remember seeing that movie with him, and you know how that feeling you get when you're watching a movie with your parents and grandparents, and, like, you hope it's okay (laughs) for them? Um, I just remember watching him belly laugh. I never... Never saw him laugh so hard and never again since. I remember the first time we ever showed it to our kids. Um, You ever watch a movie with your kids and it's more fun to watch your kids than it is to watch the movie? That's how it What J.D. and I watched it again yesterday. He's seen it millions of times and he still laughs so hard I watched J.D. instead of watching the movie. So um, we're in the middle of a Church at the movies or Christmas at the movies series. Really, this is our purpose. It sounds a little crazy if you're visiting with us, but we hope that the next time you see that movie, and you probably will again, that it will remind you of something that God said to you. And so sometimes we take something out of culture that we know that you'll remember and experience again in hopes that something we said about God will actually stick to your brain and to your heart. So that is our prayer today. Will you pray with me and then we're gonna jump in and have a great time together. Heavenly Father. Father, we come before you, um, God, just in awe of who you are. God, I ask that in these next few minutes that you would open our eyes to everything you would have us see and our ears to what you'd have us hear. Um, God, we just proclaim in advance that we know that there is something special that you have prepared for us for this moment today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was... um, An English major in college. Yes, I was one of those boring people. That's why I married such a fun guy because I hung out with the nerds and the boring people. But as a result, I love stories. That's why I'm usually disappointed by movies because I read the book first. I'm one of those nerds, and the movie is never as good as the book. And so when it comes to the Bible, a lot of people love like the plain parts of the Bible. Everything that happened after Christmas, after Jesus was born in the Bible, kind of just says it like like it is it just you know says what it means or means what it says i love the old testament because it's full of stories that have all this imagery and meaning to it and i love to read those i'm guilty of like i can have my kid can have a weird sickness and before i'll call the doctor i'll call a friend just to hear her story. Like, has that ever happened to your kid before? It doesn't make any sense at all. I realize that, but I'm a woman. I love stories. So today we're going to look at a story that's kind of a Home Alone story in the Bible. Home Alone's just a classic tale of somebody being outnumbered, kind of the underdog. The poor kid in Home Alone, Macaulay Culkin, he thought everyone was against him. His family was against him. The bad guys were against him. Even the grumpy old neighbor across the street, he was convinced was against him. And then in the end, we all know he discovers you know I really have more going for me than I have going against me. So we're going to look at a Bible story that is very similar in 2 Kings chapter 6. If you have a smartphone or you have a Bible, I invite you to actually follow along because there is so much in the actual words of this story that are powerful for us today. And I believe that God has something to say to you today. So 2 Kings chapter 6, I'll give you a little background of what was going on. You have two nations that are against each other. You have God's people, the people of Israel, and then kind of this just this annoying nearby nation, um, the Arameans, who were just kind of picking on Israel. It wasn't like a full-fledged attack. It was like whenever they wanted something that Israel had, they just kind of like, snuck over the border and they were taking it. They were just kind of being nagging. And so it was kind of this ongoing battle. And what God did on behalf of his people is every time the king of Aaron had a plan to attack Israel, God would reveal that plan in advance to his prophet named Elisha. The king of Aram was getting kind of frustrated. He's like, I've got a spy. Some, who's telling Israel where we're going to be and when we're going to be there? Because they're always ready for us. It's like they're one step ahead of us. And one of his um, men said, there's not a spy, King Aram. They've got this guy named Elisha. And I don't know why, but their God keeps telling Elisha everything you say. He even tells him what you say when you're in your bedroom at night. All right? So be careful. Um, the king decides, you know what, I'm going to put it into this. We're going to have a sneak attack in the middle of the night. I'm going to go capture this guy, Elisha, who was home alone with his servant. And that's where we pick up the story in Second Kings um, chapter 6, verse 15. It says this, in the middle of the night, the king has snuck and surrounded Elisha's home. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with "'horses and chariots had surrounded the city. "'Oh no, my lord,' he says, "'what shall we do?' The servant asked, anybody ever had a oh no, what shall we do morning? And that happened to anybody yesterday? Oh no, there's snow. We should go play, definitely. Um, sometimes you wake up and you weren't expecting a phone call or an email. Uh, this week we had a oh no, what shall we do moment because my kids decided, like when dad's gone, all the rules are off at the house. We get to do whatever we want, sleep wherever. Believe it or not, he's the disciplined Nazi. I know that's difficult for you to believe because his persona is so fun, but he's totally the disciplined Nazi. At home. So when dad's gone, I'm kind of like, well, eat whatever you want, sleep wherever you want, let the dogs sleep wherever they want. So we wake up this week, both dogs have thrown up and pooped in the house, all right? <laughs> so I was having like an oh no, what are we gonna do? Where's dad who normally cleans this up? Um, sometimes we wake up and we have those surprises, don't we? So Elisha and his servant wake up, they have an oh no, what are we gonna do moment. And Elisha says to his servant some very important words. In verse 16, he says, don't be afraid, the prophet answers, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, if you're the servant, you're looking at Elisha and y'all are home alone and you're thinking like you and me, that's two of us, okay? Two against, it doesn't say how many, but enough of an army and chariots and horses to surround a city. Those are kind of outnumbered odds, two against this whole army. Elisha says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then he prays, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see Then the Lord opens the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I've had one prayer for you this week, and it's this, that you would leave here with the confidence of knowing that there is more working for you than against you. It may not feel that way. You may say, Christy, you don't know my story, but I believe that with God, there is more fighting for you than there is fighting against you. Now, last year, about this time, I was home alone. Um, I made this agreement when I married my husband. I didn't I didn't sign to it. I I mean, I should have like put some extra caveats in there and gotten his signature in return. But I made this agreement when we got married. I knew I was marrying into a hunting outdoor sort of family. And so the agreement was that he could hunt anything he wanted. He could hunt deer. He can hunt cars. He can hunt for guns. He can hunt ducks, which is what he's doing this weekend. um, As long as he just never hunted for another woman. That was the deal. And... I was told by other family members that the women were to get equal amounts in jewelry. And I'm telling you right now, I am falling behind. So y'all remind him that Christmas is coming. So Jeff is duck hunting with some men in our church. Something that he convinces me is how he gets to know God. Although I found his Bible on the front row this morning that he left here last week. So I got a bone to pick with him when he gets home. I'm like, how do you meet God without your Bible? I don't understand. For him, he meets God through nature. Any guys like that? Like he can just be outside, see a sunrise, shoot some stuff, and he just feels God's presence when he shoots stuff, I guess. But um, anyways, all Always this time of year, I, I know this. I'm married to a hunter, and women listen. When they are controlling the remote and when they're surfing the internet, they're not out there like us trying to find out what everybody's doing. They're hunting for stuff. Okay, so just give your man a list of stuff that you need him to find for Christmas. Let him go hunt. Okay, let him, you don't have to have a gun to hunt. He can hunt online and find you whatever you need. So I, I know this about my man. I know he needs to do these things. Well, last year this time while he was gone and I. Was was home alone I woke up to a oh no what am I going to do moment because anybody remember the Harris County thief that was running causing all kind of mayhem had us all up in arms yeah conveniently my husband was gone on the day that the thief was in my backyard I'm in the shower I get out of the shower and somebody's banging on my door I go to the front door and there's a man with a machine gun and a bulletproof vest and he says ma'am You need to lock your doors. You need to get inside and keep your head down. The thief is in your woods, in your backyard. (laughs) Please stay inside and keep your head down. Well, I do what any wife would do. I pick up the phone, and I'm like, Jeff, where are you, and why are you not here? And then, you know, we have this problem in our marriage. You may have it, too. I grew up in a small town, so I trust everybody. I don't ever lock the doors. I hate the alarm, okay? Did you know that the alarm doesn't even call the police for 30 seconds? Did you know that? So basically, whoever breaks into your house has 30 seconds before the police to do whatever. So for me, I'm like, I don't want a 30-second warning that something bad is about to happen. I don't want to know I'm getting dead until it's like halfway over, okay? (laughs) So I don't like to set the alarm where Jeff grew up in Miami. They don't trust anybody. They just assume everybody's out to get you. (laughs) They don't trust anybody. They lock everything. It makes me crazy. I just, you know, in fact, you know, he goes, baby, are the doors locked? I'm like, well, they're about to be. Is the alarm on? Well, no, the alarm's not on. I'm like, wait a minute. I look out the back window and my house is surrounded by the entire Harris County SWAT team is all around my house. Everybody has a machine gun. And all of a sudden I said, you know what?" I'm fine. I think I'm in the safest house in the entire city right now because I'm completely surrounded by people that are going to protect me. The same is true in our spiritual lives. You may not see it like me. I'm in the shower just completely unaware that my house was surrounded by all of this protection. And God had to open my eyes to the fact that it was actually there. And that is my prayer for you today, that he would open your eyes to the protection and the the fight and the battle that he is waging on your behalf all around you that you may not even realize is there. You know, when you belong to the Father, when God is with you and he's in you, you are in the safest place that you can be. Our prayer today is that God would open our eyes just to see what he is doing on your behalf that you may not even realize he is doing. Now let's back up and look real careful at this story. There's, there's three things that just kind of jump out to me that are very powerful that I hope that you can walk away with today. The first is this. There are two times that the word Lord is mentioned. When the servant wakes up and sees that they're surrounded, he does what we do by human nature. He calls to the person nearest to him, and he calls him Lord elisha his master he's like oh lord what are we going to do but it's a lowercase l the next time the word lord appears elisha prays and he says oh lord capital l capital o capital r capital d whenever you see that in the old testament and lord is in all caps it means that they are calling on the name of god almighty like the song we just sang Remember the song we just sang about God Almighty fighting our battles for us? So the servant calls on who's closest. Elisha calls on the Lord Almighty. I believe the lesson for us is to not look side to side on who's going to rescue us but to interpret our circumstances in such a way, I realize they may be difficult. I realize they may be unfair, but they may be the very thing that puts you on your knees and allow you to encounter God Almighty in such a way that you wouldn't if you didn't need him. I don't know what it is, especially females, if I can talk to you for a minute. We were wired this way to like long for a protector and a provider and a rescuer and and if you're married for for many of us it's the very thing that drew you to your husband my crazy husband was always doing these big adventures and he was rescuing all the girls and helping out and I'm like I'm gonna go wherever that guy is for and he has muscles to I'll go with him so the the reason I fell for him then later kind of became my expectations (laughs) things go wrong in life. Things go wrong with the kids. And my first inclination is kind of look at him like, hey, fix it, buddy. That's why I married you. Like, you're the guy who's supposed to do that for me. See, when admirations become expectations, you're going to get disappointed. When admirations become expectations, it's unfair to the person that you're placing those on while they can be your protector and your provider and that is wonderful and celebrate it when they are, there are times that they cannot. There are things that nobody can fix for you, but the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, God can. God's message to us is stop looking sideways and, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? And start looking up to him, to the capital L. Call on the name of the God Almighty. I realize for many of you this season of year is almost a taunt for you we talked about it this morning when we met with the band some of our 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 leaders who lead us in worship they've got some real challenging situations in the next couple of weeks and just listening to their stories you know we are taunted with commercials and pinterest and other people's facebook posts on what we think the perfect christmas is supposed to be like but many of you in a couple weeks you're not walking into the public's commercial are you You're walking into old wounds, and you're seeing people you haven't seen in a while that kind of remind you of expectations that haven't been met. And my encouragement to you today is to stop looking at the lowercase, Lord, the things that this world has to offer, the things that can never satisfy you. And this season that is supposed to be about the capital L, Lord, let him fill you with joy and peace and equip you To walk into the places that you're going to have to walk in the next few weeks. The next thing is this. The next thing is the fire. A great story has got to have fire, right? And let me apologize. How many Star Wars fans out there I really wanted to do Star Wars because it's coming out this week, but you would have known within 30 seconds that I really don't know anything about Star Wars. So, uh, you know, I do think it's cool, but I don't even understand. But, you know, you just add fire to any story, and it makes it a little bit better, all right? So we went with Home Alone. Sorry for the Star Wars fans. Um, If you had to choose between a regular army and an army on fire to protect you, who would you pick? The army on fire, right? I remember when we first moved to Columbus, we had a neighbor invite us to go down to Fort Benning and watch the Hot X demonstration. You remember when they used to do those? It was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. You sit in stands, kinda like you do at a football game, and basically you watch our US Army in action firing everything they have in their arsenal to fire I mean tanks with stuff exploding and guns and I mean fire was at, it, I left there like singing I am proud to be an American and I'm am so glad I'm on this team with these guys protecting me because we got firepower on our side anyway it, it just I just left with confidence There's one army that's a regular army. Yes, Elisha and his servants are outnumbered. But there's another army that's on fire. Fire in the Bible is code for the power and presence of God. And I don't even know how to explain it. But when you get the opportunity to experience it, there is nothing like it. I believe with all my heart that God wants you to experience it even more than you want to. And all you have to do is ask, God, open my eyes, show me your power, show me your presence. I could tell you story after story after story of people sitting in this room who walked into this church and said, y'all talk about hearing God's voice and hearing from him. And that's never happened to me. What's wrong with me? And we always say, hang on. Just keep coming back. Just ask God to reveal himself to you. There is no greater prayer you could ever pray in your lifetime than God reveal your power and your presence to me. He longs for that. He went to a whole lot of trouble to send his son as a baby to earth so that we could know what it is like. If you've never felt it or experienced it, I just challenge you to pray this. God, reveal your power. And your presence to me. Sometimes for me, it comes through my kids. It's like totally unexpected. I'm not talking about you going home and opening 14 Bibles and commentaries and all that. I'm saying just like, go home and love your kids. Go home and hug your wife. Go home and, you know, tell your man he's doing a good job and, and watch God reveal his power and his presence in your life. You know, you may have a story that stinks, this morning, you may have a Christmas holiday to look forward to that is not much to look forward to. But if God is with you, I promise you there is more fighting for you than there is fighting against you. Ask him just to show you his fire and to show you his presence this season. Um, The last thing I like about this story I'm a visualizer, so um, I, and I'm a drawer. I like to draw things. So if I were to have drawn this story out, Prior to this week, I would have drawn, you know, Elijah in his little house, home alone, surrounded by the army. And then, I don't know why, but in my mind, I just assumed that the the armies that were on fire were up on the hillside around the bad guys. Does that make sense? So here's Elijah. Here's the bad guys. And then there were God's armies. Like, they were going to attack from outside. And as I did a little more research, I discovered they were in the city of Dothan, Dothan. Now, Dothan is more than just a stop on the way to the beach, okay? You may not realize that, but Dothan was a city in Israel, and Dothan was a city that was set up on a hill, meaning that if you look at the words really carefully, it says that... The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. If you've ever been to Israel, it's not mountainous like it is here. It's like flat and then there's like a, a little hills here and there. And cities were often built on hills for protection. And so I think that when the army, the bad guys were surrounding, they were down low surrounding the hill. They had the whole city surrounded. God's army was actually up on the hillside close to where Elisha was home alone. How do you want to be protected? (laughs) Do you want your shield and your protection to be far away or do you want it to be close to you? I don't know how you were raised, but a lot of us, we were raised with this belief that We know God exists, but he's kind of like this far-off guy, and I don't want to bother him. And every now and then, maybe he'll answer a prayer of mine, but he's just kind of this far-off guy that every now and then does something. When all throughout Scripture, image after image, story after story, tells us that he is not a far-away God. He is a God that desires to be so close to you that you could reach out and touch him, that he desires to surround you. So it would only make sense when God writes this story and, and, and makes this story happen that he's not going to put his protection way far away. He's going to put his protection close, close to Elijah. The Bible says his love surrounds us like a shield. A shield is something that we hold in close. The Bible says God's like a chicken wing you know that? It's my son's favorite verse in the Bible. Y'all go get chicken wings for lunch. That, that he is like the wing of a mother hen who pulls his chicks up underneath because he wants us close to him. I realize that may go against how you were raised, like God's kind of mad at you and you're always in trouble with him. No, he desires to be next to you. One of my favorite verses in scriptures, it was one of the verses of the week this week. And those of you who know me, you know I live and die by that verse of the day that pops up on your cell phone. I I don't always do it, but I try my hardest to look at that verse before I look at any other voice that I speak to. Now, I am a mother of three children and very often they wake me up before I can even think straight. So I, I don't always abide by this but when I can, and there was a day this week where I woke up to Isaiah 41, 13 that said, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. If you're gonna grab somebody, grab somebody by the right hand, real quick, just reach out, grab the closest right hand you can find. They were close to you, right? You can't grab somebody by the right hand unless you're close to them, God says, I am near to the brokenhearted. I bind up their wounds. He has to be close to do that. I could name you over and over, illustration after illustration, but probably the best is the story of Christmas where God said, I so long to be close to you that I'm going to put my son in a human body and send him into this earth so that he can walk among you and be close and experience what you're experiencing. The Christmas story can be summed up in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says, Behold, a virgin will be with child. She will bring forth a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted or means God with us. See, when God wrote this story in 2 Kings and Elisha said, there are more with us than there are with them. God, who knows no bounds of space and time, he saw a day that he was going to send his only son to be God with us. And I believe he saw that he would die on the cross and that he would raise again so that he would start something else called the church so that when there were times that it was difficult for you to find him there would be people with skin on who carried the fire of God the power and presence of his spirit who could wrap an arm around you and say hey don't quit hey come with us come to our small group hey come out and feed the homeless with us come on there's more to this life than this life my hope and prayer for you this morning is that you will walk out of here confident There is more fighting for you than against you. There is more with you than there is against you. Because when you have received Jesus as your leader and forgiver, God goes with you everywhere you go. And that is the story of Christmas that God didn't stay far away and watch us and wait for us to get into trouble. No, he wanted to be near you and close to you, close enough to grab your right hand and say, don't be afraid, I'm going to help you. You may not be able to see everything that he is doing right now on your behalf, but I promise you this, he has deployed his angel armies on your behalf to protect you. You matter that much to him. And you may not be able to tangibly see it, but if you ask Him to open your eyes, I believe He would love to reveal to you what He is doing on your behalf. Hang in there, don't quit. You know, right, right before the point of quitting, sometimes God opens our eyes and we see, oh my goodness, I had no idea what you were up to. Had a friend share with me this morning, a teacher who's been going through a real struggle fighting and fighting to get some equipment for her school. And she said, right when I was just about to quit or change schools, God provi- I had no idea what he was doing on my behalf. There's more fighting for you than against you. Ask God to open your eyes and show you what life can be like when you do it with him. Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, we thank you that you are not a distant God, but that you love us so personally. God, you made each one of us, and for some of us, we've, we've never really heard or experienced you talking to us before, and yet, God, I think there's nothing you would delight in more than for us to know that the God of heaven just parted heaven for us to call our name and to speak to us. God, I know you also made each person who is here and you know how to get their attention in a way that they would, they would know, wow, that, that had to be God because only he knew that about me. And so, God, we pray that prayer that this week you would open our eyes and reveal to us the ways that you are working and fighting for us. Help us to see your power and your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.